All right, welcome to the Good Rookies Podcast. My name is Fahim. And my name is Nellie J, y'all. And we are Good Rookies. That's right. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Happy Good Tuesday. And folks, it is episode 35. 3-5. 3-5, <laughs> y'all. So guys, you know, as we know, every Tuesday, we always have an amazing podcast episode. And this one will be no different. Fahim, Please introduce our incredible guest for this evening. All right. <laughs> so we have somebody that goes back 20 plus years uh, on, we've debated on not just basketball, but many different sports going over the years. So this is nice to actually bring it on a podcast. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, he's not only just uh, great at sports, um, also a great father also, I must say. Very role model father. Um, <laughs> and that's what I got to say for him. Let's bring on Chris Pullman to Chris, the podcast today. Chris, 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 <gasps> Chris, <gasps> Chris. <laughs> What's going on, Chris? How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me on this, uh, on this podcast. This is a wonderful uh, thing that you guys are doing for the culture and really proud of you guys, what you do. Nice. It's awesome. Thank Thanks you. for being Thank uh, on here with you guys. Nice. Thank you, Chris. Chris, so Chris, we have go back, go way back, right back in the day. <laughs> and it's out of curiosity, can you share with the listeners and viewers out there one, I mean, hopefully funny or interesting story about you, you and Fahim in basketball or any sport experience you've ever had together? <laughs> basketball, wow. Or, or um, sport experience. It could be y'all played a game together, y'all watched a game, anything. <laughs> I mean, we've watched many games together. Um, I think the only time that the theme and I have actually played against each other was probably in a men's league up mm -hmm. in uh, Markham a long time ago when he used to play for the, I think it's All Blacks. Uh, yeah, I think it might have been All Blacks, right? Men's yeah. team. So yeah, that's probably about it. You know, he's he's a silky smooth left-handed uh, <laughs> four, four forward that uh, you know, <laughs> was, was, was hard to cover. <laughs> <laughs> I was but, up. Uh, yeah, no, we, we've had many, many times we've, um, you know, hung out, watched NCAA uh, tournaments, finals. I think, you know, we must have watched like five or six in a row. Uh, Duke and Butler uh, games, fantastic times. Just, you know, really good friend. That's awesome. That's awesome. And like, I guess for the guys to know more about you, what's or who's your favorite player ever in wow. sports? Like, like oh, your girls. Barkley. Charles Barkley. Really? I, I thought that's a wicked answer. So why Charles Barkley? What about um, him made you like be attached to him or like him so much? Uh, undersized, uh, power forward, played with a, a certain grit. Um, you know, obviously he led the league in rebounding one year. Um, listed at 6'5", probably uh, about 6'3". And... Um, just a very aggressive uh, player and liked his style of play. So I, I'd like to say that I tried to model my game after his in terms of uh, being aggressive and, and, you know, embracing contact and getting to the free throw line. Um, you know, unfortunately, he never won. But, yeah, he's, he's, he's up there for me as one of the greatest players of all time and, and definitely one of my favorite players of all time as well. Wow, that's awesome. Honestly, we've had many guests come on the podcast and no one has named 
Barkley as one. So I'm happy I asked you that question for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, actually that's the first time you have someone's name, someone who actually hasn't won. That's not a shot at Barkley, but that actually speaks to the fact that, uh, you know, your, your admiration for, for Barkley is a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, usually people choose the winners, you know, um, but he's still a winner. And I guess your eyes, right? Definitely. For sure. For sure. <laughs> And he's, uh, he's won he's won the uh, the gold medal so you know he's oh, yeah, winner, yeah. So. that's true he's, he's a winner six. he wants something so, that, that, that counts there's not a lot of people that no? can say that they've actually won the Olympics right 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 but uh, oh. you know a lot of people didn't beat uh, out Michael Jordan so that doesn't mean that he's he's uh, you know but anyways yes right right it's true it's true right. well that's two things that I didn't know one I had no idea that Barkley was your guy. Um, as long as I've known you and I had no idea that your last name was two N's. I did not know your last name had two N's. I like, as long as I've you, known you, first of all, you're like 20 plus years and I get a cold up. Your last name is what? I can't. <laughs> I knew the last name, but the spelling, it, it threw me off. I was like, wow, how did I not know well, that? Well, I mean, people just call me Pullman. They don't actually ask how you spell your last name. Last name, right. <laughs> That's true. You know, but it, it's, it's, don't worry. It's a common thing. Everybody right. just uses one end. I think a couple of times on my basketball jerseys, it's had just one end. So All right. You know, nice cool. explaining that to the parents when they come to watch you play. How come they can't spell your name right? Don't they like you? <laughs> All righty. Yeah. Awesome. So thanks again, Chris, for being on here. Uh -huh. Fahim, let's get into some hot topics this week. All Are right. They? So uh, first of all, I just want to say rest in peace to um, DMX. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a hard that, that was a rough uh day, rough day. Um, what do you guys have to say about uh, real quick about DMX? His impact uh, he might have had yeah, maybe musically for you guys. Um, so I think like what's really well, I'm really happy that you know Swiss and Timbaland had the versus battle last year because. I think that reawakened to a lot of fans or even younger, the youngsters about who DMX was, his catalog, um, his energy, his vibe, like he was always a good light and he was always honest. Something about DMX was that he was, he was never afraid to share his demons. Like he would let you know about his addiction, how it happened, you know, him being, you know, um, given a cocaine at 14 by his mentor, like just really the stuff he's battling with, he was open about it. I think a lot of these stars we call them or, or artists never really share um, a lot of that stuff and he was and he was that person so I really respected his him being candid him being honest and him being vulnerable right and and always saying that he needed God to help him get through his trouble so big up to DMX we definitely lost a legend an icon in the culture and his impact I think will last forever you know so yeah uh -huh. yeah that's for me yeah, definitely a sad day. I mean, you know, he's somebody that that I definitely listen to, um, like a lot of his music. Very, very like the same thing. Very real, very guttural. Um, kind of gave you a picture of the environment that you live. Very vivid. Um, and yeah, very, very spiritual as well. Um, unfortunately, like you said, um, had issues with uh, drugs and alcohol. And in a in a way, maybe you know, he, he can honestly rest at peace. Um, you know, he was a troubled individual uh, throughout his life and, you know, had troubles. And and um, so now, you know, maybe the positive is he can finally put those to rest as he's laid to rest. Um, but uh, great, great, great performer, great artist, great lyricist, 
Um, I think in 98, he was probably one of the first artists to ever uh, release two uh, gold albums in the same year. Yep. Um, phenomenal. I think he must have released maybe five albums that were all all gold albums every time they released his first five. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just just great, great uh, performer, great rapper. Um, uh -huh. Talking about this the other day, um, you know, of all the rappers, you know, he probably has a lot of the anthems. Like, I, I don't know if I can name another rapper that has more anthems than uh, DMX. Like, he might not be the lyricist of the Jay-Z and Nas's, but, I mean, just just the amount of anthems that this guy was able to create with Swiss Beats is just incredible. Yep. And honestly, oh, like, like of every Christmas, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer, you know, like his um, his <laughs> his, his Christmas song that he did, Shiny you know, <laughs> like everything he did was just always like fun and like right. you said, anthem. It made everyone like take a sport. Like I played DMX before I played basketball game because it gets you hot, like like right. pumped up and like just ready to attack and excel. So yeah, like the anthem thing is for real, Chris. That's a real, yeah. that's a real thing. <laughs> well, with the Christmas anthem, that one is, I think, gonna that's gonna live on. That's gonna have traction. Yes. I think that's going to be the Christmas anthem going forward. Um, what you're saying, Chris, in regards to him and Swiss, I totally 100% uh, agree. Um, I do think uh, Swiss and DMX is very much like Shaq and Kobe. Like, I mean, when you talk about anthems and just like uh, mm -hmm. partnerships, he just really... Uh, um, a, a lot of his his biggest hits were under Swiss Beats beats, and um, I just had an experience where I went uh, taking my daughter out for a walk, and uh, the day that he had passed, um, you know, uh, cars were just driving by playing, uh, you know, his music, and it's incredible to see the amount of di like I hadn't listened to his music in a while, like, and it's amazing like hearing it passing by and just hearing one tune, and that he must have over a span of maybe 20 minutes, I must have heard maybe about literally 10, like every two minutes, 10 different songs. And all of them were just like bangers. Like, wow, like he, his, his catalog is deep. He left something behind. And one last thing in regards to uh, what we're speaking about, about uh, his addictions. What I really admire about DMX is, as you were mentioning, uh, he, he, he was honest about it. And one thing I know about uh, especially now is like culture. It's where we're digging into the, a lot of the past, this, this cancel culture thing. And um, what I do like is the fact that uh, DMX is no longer here with us, but there's not, uh, you know, no one can't dig anything else about him because he's already air aired it out already. You know what himself, I'm saying? It's, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, yeah. I also, also add, you know, it's something beautiful that Jay-Z and Beyonce did is that they, they are, are going to buy his catalog and, and give the catalog yeah, uh, I, kids is what, I did, is, what is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I, yeah, I heard I, that, but then I heard that, that. Yeah, Swiss uh, yeah, I heard that. that. Long, he said that yeah, they were going to buy not, it. Yeah. I think someone spread that rumor, but I mean, right. um, but I think, yeah, like I think Swiss came out and said that that, that was the that wasn't, rumor. Yeah. But, but that's what you were saying, Chris, like his music and his streaming, Fahim, it actually soared 928% more streams following right. his death. So, right. I think everyone, so like I actually have DMX in my like my cardio playlist. Like I have two or three DMX songs that I play for like when I'm running or going for walks because it gets me just motivated. So like I've been playing DMX because his, his music is so like energetic. It gets you in the zone. So 
yeah, so I'm happy now people are actually recognizing that his talents are just, has always been there. You know what I mean? It's, it's, right. it's always unfortunate that we have to recognize people after they've passed. Right. Um, so, right. so it is good that, yeah, like you said, he was able to do that versus with Snoop. Um, right. Sort of reintroduce him um, right. to people, you know. So, yeah, so we're, we're going to give him his flowers right now. So, uh, you know, rest in peace to DMX, Earl Simmons. Um, rest in peace. So, um, in regards to the Overtime Elite League, this is exciting stuff, guys. Uh, so, there's Overtime, uh, if anyone's not aware, is a, uh, it's a platform uh, in which they, it's really designed around, like, um, high school basketball players for them to uh, showcase uh, their highlights. Um, and now they're looking to be beyond just content uh, for digital content for, for young up and coming players. Uh, they're actually expanding to be an actual league and a gateway to being a professional career. Nellie J, wanna? Um, I think it's amazing. I, I'm actually really happy about this because you know, the NCAA has had its time, right? It's had its time. Um, they've had so many um, players and athletes um, come through. And so it's great to see that we are now seeing more options for young, talented players who can make it without having to be in a specific area, know the right people, or be in a specific, you know, class in society, right? Uh, it seems like they recruit these young athletes that are talented. They don't care you know, where they live or whatever, they'll get you into a, into a home, into a league, into a mentorship program with good coaches, and they're going to pay you. I think right now, some players, especially in, especially in Canada, right? If you're a young, talented basketball player, where do you go, right? So you have to go to certain people or certain schools to get that, that type of um, attention. And I think this will give athletes that are in impoverished areas a chance to give their kids opportunities to play and excel um, because it costs money excel right in sports so great idea i'm very excited and ncaa if i'm y'all i'd be scared <laughs> very scared yeah right you chris <laughs> yeah no i think it's i think it's definitely a great thing i think like you said ncaa time is up um they've sort of tried to adjust you know they want to pay um athletes for their likeness there's a, a ruling passed in california but we're not exactly sure how that's really going to affect uh the athletes right now and i think that's what over time um, elite league is trying to do now i don't i don't think that that i think that it's like a stepping stone um in terms of what they're going to do because as they, they've talked about it as they're going to have maybe 30 kids age right. 16 to 18 right so right away i'm thinking well how can you have a league with with 30 kids right so it's, it's not it's not it's going to be a great opportunity for those kids that are selected but i think it's going to be something where maybe the 30 kids that are at, at this facility, you know, getting getting the sports nutrition that they need, learning um, how to navigate a digital world, uh, learning how to take care of their money, um, are going to be playing games amongst themselves. So maybe it's going to be like, you know, 30, 30 guys, they'll have, you know, six teams within, within those 30 and they'll play five on five. Like it's not really... They're not really saying how, how they're going to play these, these games or what this league is actually going to look like. But the people right. that are backing it, um, you know, I think they have Carmelo Anthony on the board, right. Kevin Durant, Avery right. Johnson, former right. uh, CFOs of, of, of Major League Baseball. So, I mean, right. they have all the right people in place. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a great thing. I think it's definitely uh, – they need some change. 
I think even Adam Silver has spoken that, you know, they're going to keep a watchful eye on it, but they think that this is something that's really good for the game of basketball. And I think yeah. the NBA is also going to revisit their one and done rule um, to allow high school kids uh, to come in a little bit earlier. Um, but, but as I said, I think it's more of a stepping stone. Like to me, it's more of a model of what will happen in the future. Um, if you look over in Europe, you have club teams, soccer teams, that have these young kids come and train for these sort of like Arsenal, uh, Arsenal junior team. So I think eventually, you know, you could have something where you have the same sort of thing. So you're bringing in these kids and you can expand it. So definitely um, a great idea. I, I feel like it is going to be a stepping stone to something better and greater along the way. Like I think the makeup of what they're talking about is going to change as it goes through. Um, right. But definitely a great business model for kids, you know, giving them an opportunity to make some money. And if they don't get uh, pro careers, they're going to get scholarships to go to um, to university. Right. right. So there's going to be support there. And the 30 players, they're looking at about 100,000 that they'll be play paying these players. So if you look yeah. at that in comparison to maybe what a college tuition would be to a D1 uh, school, it's like, wow, okay. Or even like uh, right now, you still do have an option where you can – uh, go from high school, but you can possibly go to like the Canadian Basketball League or you can go play over in Europe. It's still, you know, like LaMelo Ball went over and played in in Lithuania uh, before, you know what I'm saying? Um, so you're right. It's, you know, it's, it's just, it goes to show just uh, the climate we're in right now. Because before you'd have to think, you know, I'm going to the NCAA, then I'm going, you know, uh, to the NBA. Now in 2021 with this option, this guy, so here's, I'll throw this question out. Do you think that this is the start um, of more uh, youth leagues uh, being a gateway. You think this is like, I happen to think this might be the, the first of many to come over the next few years. Yeah, like I think there'll be more. The only challenge though is that sometimes these kind of startup leagues don't do well because there's a lot of overhead cost to get it up and running and then it goes that's why like we see like a lot more like basketball classics or tournaments because those are easier to manage versus an entire league infrastructure to manage that right in, in canada nbl 10 years but then we've seen other these come and go and teams come and go so it's just it'll be challenging for sure um but again for overtime i think what they're I think if they can kind of manage a good niche market saying that, hey, like we're going to recruit kids that don't have the opportunity to do these things, right? If I'm over time, I'm going to areas where there's good, talented children, but they, like their mentorship isn't there for them at that time. And I think, you know, like the richer kids, their families have the means and money to do those things. But if in a poor area, I don't have that means and money to get that, to get that knowledge of stuff like that. So I think... If I'm them, I'm targeting the children or the kids that don't have that type of reach when it comes to monetary value, right, for basketball. Because I think a lot of time with these kids who are coming up, it's like, um, I have to get paid to play, right? <laughs> so that's why they prefer going to the NBA as soon as possible versus playing in their prime in college. And, you know, like we see kids prime in college and in NBA, they do nothing, right? So it's like, you know, the different levels to this. So no, I definitely think we'll see more of this, but I think um, having a good model is important. So we'll see if over time can, can get a good model and like get it going, you know what I'm saying? So that'll be dope. Yeah, I think I think over time has, has been really successful in a in a short amount of time. Like where they started 
I uh, mean, five years ago to where they are now is incredible. And, and, and they, they built themselves off of young high school basketball players. So, you know, I like your idea about let's, let's go to certain priority neighborhoods and let's, let's help out that community. But I think it's going to come down to the kids ultimately. So you're yes. going to have the Zion Williamson's, the RJ Hamptons, the Julian Newman's who are already kind of already featured on their, on their webpage. And these are the kids that people want to follow and they want to hear their story. So, I mean, ultimately they're going to pick the best basketball players yeah. in America. Right. So, um, and, and those are the stories you're going to, you're going to, you're going to see and sort of they'll show that on their website. So I, th I think for them, I mean, sky's the limit like i think it's going to be successful but i also think that it is a stepping stone uh to something bigger and greater um and just allowing sort of uh the youth to have an opportunity to make money at an earlier age um so yeah i, I competition wise I, I don't know we'll, we'll see i mean there's already competition with the g league right because they're allowing yeah. high school kids uh to play in the g league now but maybe that'll change when they get rid of the one and done rule um, right. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely a, a stepping stone to, to bigger and better things. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Um, so we have, so I want to give a, a welcome to Gary Trent Jr. And here's, here's the reason why. Uh, we had lost Norm Powell, who's a fan favorite. Uh, salute to Norm Powell. Uh, happy trails. Uh, best of luck in Portland. Uh, so when Norm left, it was not a popular decision, much like when DeMar DeRozan had left. It was not a popular decision. Um, and Gary Trent Jr. coming from Portland was kind of like the new kid in the school um, where, you know, people had to feel him out, be like, uh, they weren't too happy with him being there initially. Uh, since he's been a Raptor, he's been on fire. Doing record stuff. Uh, had a great few weeks, and it looks like he may be the future uh, two-guard for the team. Uh, I'll let you guys say what you have to say about uh, Gary Trent Jr., and then I got a question for you guys. So, Nelly J., go first. What do you have to say about Gary Trent Jr. so far? Welcome him into the Raptors. Gary Trent Jr. is an example of when a player feels valued, when a player feels wanted, when a player feels the love, they can excel. You know, just like when they say a troubled youth or someone that has talent is not doing well, what's the issue? It's because that extra, the extra boost of like, you're wanted, you're valued, we need you. The Raptors culture is so good for that. You know what I mean? And I think when Gary came here from day one, he was like, you know what? I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's a good organization. It's a good, good culture. And you can tell that even on the sidelines, like see him talking, him talking to Kyle Lowry and how he t talks to Fred, like they're already a family unit. Like he's fitting very well in our culture and that has translated on the court. And it just shows that someone like Gary is like, Gary Trent Jr., sorry. I I'm very excited that he's here. Um, I think he had 85% uh shooting i think he's as uh, ties clay and yanis like never been done so on that game right he's playing exceptionally well um as a new raptor and like we said for him the very the first day we were like gary trent and norman like same player um same type of value so we weren't we weren't scared but most people don't know who he was right so they're like who's gary trent jr but now people are familiar and i'm excited to see what he does in the raptors how about you chris <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, I mean, I, he's a little bit younger than, than um, Norman Powell, so it's yeah. always good to get a young player. And I, I, I think that's what the Raptors were thinking. Like, like 
this is a player that's similar to Norman Powell. Um, Norman Powell's probably going to command a lot of money in the offseason. Uh, let's, let's bring in this young talent. I mean, I think he was averaging maybe 15 points again for game for Portland. So mm -hmm. those, are, those are good numbers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, since he's been in Toronto, those numbers have kind of jumped up. He's, he's hovering around maybe 17. So it's yeah, been an improvement of two, of two points a game. Mm -hmm. um, but, but you can see the potential. Um, I, th I think now the only thing is that, you know, he's playing so well. He's scoring these phenomenal, like, what did he have, 44 the other day? That yeah. Maybe his value is now increased so much in the Raptors. So has he, has he marketed himself out of what the Raptors can actually afford? Right. Because they didn't want they, the rumors. They didn't want to pay Powell at twenty million or whatever it is. Like that. Right. And now this is kind of where I see Gary Trent making his money. Like he's in that range now. Like I think Powell was averaging nineteen points a game yeah. before he left. Um, and you know it's tough because as, as Torontonians, as Raptor fans, we've we've kind of seen him grow over the years. This is Norman Powell, where you know he grinded out. He played nine oh five, and there was that slow improvement in his game. And everybody likes to see that, somebody grind and, and, and get better. So that's why it was kind of hard to sort of see him go. But uh, I definitely think that, that Masai chose the right replacement. Um, and, and who else was put in the, in the trade as well? Did, did we forget about Rodney Hood? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, he, was a he was a throwaway. He was a throwaway. <laughs> throwaway. Something he said. Roddy was a throwaway. <laughs> uh, uh, no shot, though. Congratulations, Rodney Hood. Welcome to the team. Welcome, Roddy. Um, by the way, yes, but yes, sorry. Welcome, welcome. But, but but welcome, Gary, as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll welcome Gary. them both. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. Gary gets the flowers. That's right. We're giving oh, Gary's flowers now. Uh, speaking of roses. Uh, speaking of what you're saying about uh, Gary's value, uh, Gary Trent's value. So watch this, uh, Gary Trent. Uh, so the, on the offseason, Norm Powell is saying about twenty million dollars is uh, a fair price for what he's going for. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. They say with the play that he's at now, uh, he could be at fifteen. So not quite twenty, but about 50, uh, fifteen, right? So this leads as a sec second, uh, or it's kind of a segue to my question here. So um, at twenty, age of twenty-two. Who's a better player, Norman Powell? Just give me a, a quick name, Norman Powell or Gary Trent Jr.? Because Gary Trent Jr. is now is 22, Norman Powell is 27. Gary Trent, 22. Gary Trent Jr. I mean, Gary Trent is 23, but Gary Trent Jr. is definitely the better better player. Was, definitely, was, right. Was Norman Powell in college at that age? Uh, no, no, Norm was, I think, in his first year uh, as a Raptor. So he was... Uh, 2015, right? Right. Is, is when he got drafted? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But, but and, definitely, Gary Trent's the better player. Definitely. So uh, that's one thing we have to look into is uh, if, if we can say that Gary Trent's the better player now and opposed to paying $20 million for Norman Powell at 27 or 28 um, and getting 15 uh, for Gary Trent at 22 or 23, um, I think in the long run, if this continues even close to where it looks like it's going, uh, that's another one under Masai and Bobby Webster's cap that they could say this one worked out pretty well. Yo, these guys find gems, man. <laughs> and Masai, Masai and Bobby Webster, ingenious, I tell you. They pick these folks, you're like, who? How? But then, <laughs> like, 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 they pick gems all the time. So, yeah, so I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, what's it? Is it Bynes? Like, he's been, a, I mean, still away. But <laughs> other than him, like, they, they always pick, like, good players. So I'm actually happy with Gary Trent Jr. Definitely. I think, I think they can also kind of sit back a little bit because he is a restricted free agent. So they can see right. kind of 
what the market is out there. Right, um, they can and match make it. the decision to mm -hmm. to match it. So yeah, you know, hope, hopefully we can get them for less than what normal Norman would have got. But yeah, definitely a great pickup. Um, all they need now is a big man. Right. And I think we might have to wait for next year. That might be a conversation we'll have to revisit maybe next year because I don't see us making any moves uh, after trade deadline now. Anyone? Well, we have to get drop. A big man? I think, I think it'll have to come in the draft. I don't, I don't yeah. think it's going to drop. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The season's uh, Yeah, the draft, yeah. Until. That'll be draft. But I think yeah. the Raptors, I think the site's on a big man. I mean, Aaron yeah. Baines is out. Like, he's not even playing right now. Um, right. So we need a big man. We need at least one or two like four or five players shout like, out to uh canadian cam birch yes we got cam birch playing. so like like uh, so is he here permanently or is he a 10-day con contract like what's his contract like cam birch if you know if i believe they signed to the end of the year right okay uh, birch yep definitely. definitely so we got him so he's our guy you know he for what he does um why not? It's, it's him or Baines, and I'm going with Birch. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, yeah, right. Ken Birch is a good pickup, especially in, in the later half. And I guess, um, before we go to for the culture, what's your thoughts, guys? Um, are we making the playoffs? Are we doing a push for the playoffs right now? Are we tanking? What are we doing with the Raptors right now? What's happening? <laughs> well, I, I would have thought they should have tanked. Um, hopefully get a higher draft pick, but really, I don't, I don't know that there's, there's a kid in the draft that's really going to change your, your franchise and give you 15, 20 wins. Um, but, but the Raptors have been very, very resilient. I mean, they're, they've, they've won a couple games recently, like they're making the playoffs. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it here. I mean, with Zach Levine now coming, coming down with COVID, he's going to miss a bunch of games. I think that, that Chicago is definitely catchable. Um, and I think I think we can we can sort of save off Washington. They're they're going to get into that playoff position of of uh, what is it seven to seven to ten seven to yeah. ten right yeah the plan yeah, so yeah I definitely think they're going to be making the playoffs. Um, I'm with you. I think uh, anywhere like ten nine wherever I think we're in. <laughs> think about this. Our team, I'd have to say, the Raptors have been probably most hurt. Um, this season, like we haven't, we've had 20 something different starting lineup changes. Like we've COVID we've, it's just been a mess for our personnel. And um, I don't think we've even had a stretch of two weeks where we've had our consistent starters. So, I mean, sometime I'm expecting, you know, Lowry, Van Vliet, these guys to come back. Um, and I think once this team is actually full and healthy, um, we're definitely good enough to get into playoffs. So I'm with Chris on this one. And I'm, I assume you too, Nelly J. What do you think? Yeah, think yeah, that? I'm the same way. Like, All right, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. so playoff, Raptors, put it out there in the universe. Let's get it, That's right. get it done, y'all. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we we, we going to make it happen. The good rookies are going to make it happen. All right. Yes. That's right. Our energy. There you go. All right, Nelly J. Let's go to For the Culture. For the culture, we like to highlight individuals and groups for the culture. And today we want to highlight Pascal Siakam. So he actually has a foundation um, that's actually called, it's called PS43 Foundation in Canada. And what, what he did was that on his birthday, um, he turned 27, has happy birthday, Pascal. Um, on his birthday, he actually launched Coding for Champions, which is funded by Penny Appeal Canada. And it's providing 60 students in Toronto at two high schools access to 
um, technology skills, computer, laptop, coding, everything like that, building websites. And it's to address the, the divide in the digital space in the city of, you know, the GT of Toronto. So I think it's a great uh, initiative. It's the first of its kind in Canada that we have. Um, and I thought it was really fantastic that we have someone from Cameroon that has played in basketball in Canada is now contributing to the, to the culture um, that he plays in. So, Chris, what's your thoughts on, on, on what he's doing with this uh, Coding for Champions? Well, I think it's really important. I mean, you know, access is everything. And unfortunately, um, I, think, I think these, are, this, these schools are, are middle schools, Parkdale and Queen A or Queen Victoria, sorry, uh, yeah. in the Parkdale area. I mean, there, this, is the, this is a priority neighborhood. Not a lot of the people have access to even things like Wi-Fi. Um, so I think this is fantastic. Um, allowing allowing young kids to have that opportunity and access to a computer, they get to keep the computer yeah, uh, the when the program is done. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so this is this is an opportunity for kids to learn. And you say mentorship from Pascal. They have to create websites, I think, and they're going to show yeah. it to Pascal when they're done. Um, yeah. So, you know, who knows what can happen to these young young individuals as they as they uh, you know get older and, and continue to to code and, 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 and use their computers. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's extremely uh, great, great opportunity for those young kids in that priority neighborhood. No doubt. Um, so Chris, you being a father of three and especially with COVID now, um, you see how with kids now, they have like, they're working from home. You know what I'm saying? Like you're working from, people like at home and a lot of time on the tablet, on the computer. Um, this generation now is a lot different than I, I can say all three of us where we didn't grow up in front of a tablet or in front of technology. You know what I'm saying? Our technology is probably the phone, you know? Um, Pagers. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's, uh, I looked into there's five things uh, of purpose uh, where coding works out for these younger kids right now. So one, it's, uh, it's, an, it's another language. So, like, it teaches kids how to uh, think logically and communicate through another language of, um, you know, uh, zeros and ones. So, it's technology where they can actually use this. Uh, it fosters creativity, uh, you know, because it, it strengthens their brain and they're, they're, uh, they're just using just a different side of, the, of their brain as at a young age. Um, it helps with math skills. So, STEM programs around the world are actually starting to get into and starting to have these kids do it younger. Uh, they... Uh, improves uh, academic performance in writing uh, just because uh, it shows kids how to uh, organize their thoughts and how to plan uh, to understand what their thoughts are to put it, uh, to lay it out. And uh, lastly, uh, coding helps uh, kids to be uh, problem, problem solvers. And that's one thing, especially in today's, uh, where we're at now is you need to, uh, a lot of, there's, there's a lot of uh, success in people who are the problem solvers. You know, um, it's always about technology is about change, right? And these kids, um, it's great that these kids are now um, embracing because technology is changing so quickly. These kids are having an opportunity to, uh, to use these skills that they've learned uh, from a younger age and apply it to real life situations as they get older. So what Pascal is doing is he's really, you know, there's a lot of players that are just athletes, people in general, um, who make, uh, who make, contributions 
this contribution for however much many kids is one of those lasting contributions that especially at the age he's, he's going for uh this is a lifelong thing that they'll always look back at and i think uh thank pascal siakam for so salute to pascal siakam for this no it's dope and to add to what you were saying um you know it is a 10-week program 10 weeks is a long, that's a long, it's, so it started April this month and it ends in June. So this is like a great timing for them, especially now. And like for me personally in high school, you know, a single mother with four kids, like we didn't have a computer until maybe I was in high school and sometimes well, printer. So I remember like I used to go to my friend's house to type up my essays and print at her house because you know what I mean? So giving kids laptops, like what? Like mm -hmm. these are things that people take for granted that some kids can't even afford. Like Chris said, we have Wi-Fi in their home. So this is going to be huge, a, a boost of confidence in these children, which is huge right now during COVID as well as going to give them a stepping stone in their career. Um, so I'm very excited for this program. You know, I think Queen, Queen West and Parkdale um, public schools, I think, those kids are going to be so motivated and then imagine the kids coming up like you know what guys our school has the coding for champions like it's going to really motivate change in the in those schools and that area so great initiative big up spicy p mr mr double dribble fourth quarter i gotta call you out bro and um <laughs> i gotta call you out and you know like i can't wait and, and hopefully you know we can see other foundation because you know pascal doing this one but there's other schools out there that have that, that need this initiative so i'm hoping we can see other athletes from other you know from other sports in toronto kind of also do a similar program as well because it's important definitely definitely i think i think i think people will, will jump on i mean you know you have you have baseball and you have hockey um i think definitely you might see sort of a trend to, to, to help out and i think it's a good thing man. it's definitely great for the culture and and like you said, like it's it's gonna it's gonna snowball effect into something bigger and better for these young kids in the future, right? Maybe some days these kids will be designing the movies for Disney. Like just mm -hmm. access opportunity. That's all you need, right? So, good job, Pascal. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, so let's go to our last segment, which is that's absurd that's absurd for him oh bro. what was absurd this week what was <laughs> absurd oh this one so, uh deshaun watson deshaun yes watson what uh, a mess hot mess yeah, hot massage more. mess like oil <laughs> and everything ocean everything just mess go ahead for him <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so you just touched upon it. Uh, his, you know, he's he's had a f now. I guess we're going to go with allegedly. We're going to slap allegedly. All no, no, no. Well, what we can say is that he has been filed. Twenty twenty two women have filed. That's okay. That's the update yesterday. Twenty two. That's okay. a lot of people for him. Still okay. allegedly though. We're still going with allegedly though. But. Well, well, twenty two civil, one criminal, so twenty three, I think. Totally. Yeah, yeah, so twenty three. <laughs> but but apparently one dropped out yesterday. So I'm saying like right now, yeah. th there's been a lawsuit filed against him with mm. twenty two women's names on it. Mm. Well, uh, I don't want to get involved with that. So I'm gonna slap <laughs> allegedly all over this conversation. Um, so. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. As for ESPN. Thank you. Yeah. Quote your sources. Quote your sources. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Deshaun yes. Watson. Um, so as we know about uh, his, everyone knows this, you know, about his massage uh, thing. We'll go with that. Nike and Beats by Dre 
they're the first major sponsors to drop him. So that's more, yes, it's absurd. We all know the absurdity of what's happening with that. We'll leave the courts for that. I just want to kind of talk about Nike and Beats by Dre dropping him, this major sponsor. What's your angle on with that, guys? To me, if I'm Nike, one woman, okay, two, mm, 22, bye, bye. There's too much, like, and it's not even that, you know, remember, right, Nike is a very inclusive company. They have women athletes. They have women sponsorships. I mean, like you have me sponsoring women athletes and then you have a sponsor that you're sponsoring that health also has a court case against him with 22 women, allegedly ESPN source, right? Um, it's just too much. And I think Nike, you know, they're very like, you know, what happened with Lil Nas X last, last week with the whole, the blood Nike shoes that they were trying to sell and they sued them. Like Nike just doesn't play. They ain't got time for this. So I don't blame Nike or Beats by Dre. They, they have a brand to uphold and they come first. So buy the Sean Watson buy. How about okay, you? Chris, before, before you get in here, I just want to throw in, are we going with innocent till proven guilty? Or are we, like, what are we so, going with here? Well, okay, go ahead. Again, right, when it comes to the brand, remember, brands are different. So right. the brands doesn't really care about who, if he's innocent, the brands care about, um, like, you know, image, right? right. Okay. So the fact that you have 22 women filing something against you, for them, like, they ain't backing you up, right? right. If Deshaun right. Watson owned Nike, he can say something, but he doesn't. Okay. So, like, Michael Jordan and Deshaun Watson, two different levels of Nike, you know, relationship, right? So I just feel like for Deshaun Watson, someone that isn't really bringing them a lot of money and value, why keep someone on, on your team? There's no point. Right. Like, to me, like, the ROI isn't there to, 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 to keep him on there. How about you, Chris? I, th I think perception is everything, right? And, and you know, presumed innocence, uh, it, it doesn't look good. Like, <laughs> like it, just, it just doesn't. I mean, yeah. you know, one, two, three, 15, 20. Like, it's just the number is insane. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think if you have a massage therapist, don't you stick with that one massage therapist? Like, why are you jumping Typically. around from massage therapist to massage therapist? But it's a, I, I think, just want to throw this out there. I think, I think Nike did the right thing. Like, like they, had to, they had to cut ties with them. I, I, don't, I don't think you have a choice. Um, like you have to sort of let this play out and, yes. and, and, and then, you know, I'm sure if, if he is innocent, then I'm sure they'll, they'll sponsor no, they him won't. again in some, no, in some capacity, <laughs> not right away. And then announce it later. Like, I think, didn't they do that with Kobe? Didn't they say, Hey, we're going to pull back your sponsorship, but they were yeah. still kind of paying him. Yeah, I think and all the same thing with Tiger also, I think. Yeah. But yeah, guys, Kobe and, and Tiger are like, years, they're they gold. They started to promote him again, right? So, um, but yeah, like, it does not look good for Deshaun whatsoever. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm going to, I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to piggyback off of what you kind of said here. Uh, him, you know, if you're in, why do you need 20-something massage therapists, right? <laughs> I just want to throw this, though. He's a player, meaning he could be in 22 different cities in 22 different weeks. Like, he's... You know his job. Well, remember, not not, not really because NFL is only there's only sixteen games, bro. I, okay, there's twenty two games. I, like the sixteen games are needed. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie, bro. <laughs> you play sixteen games for him. That's it. You play sixteen games in the season. So listen, at the end of the day, right? This is my thing with players, and I, I mean it in the kindest way. Like, 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 don't be stupid. Like, don't yeah. be dumb. Like. Like, at the end of the day, I just feel like these players, it's, it's egos, right, sometimes. They, they forget who they are, and you're a target. When you're a millionaire, and especially 
when you're a black athlete in this in, in North America, you're a target for people who want to sue you, make money off of you, right? We've seen what happened with um, players who got girls pregnant and then they, they pledge, oh, he got me pregnant, but he ain't paying child support. Like, you have to understand you are a target. So you cannot move like a regular youth. You can't, right? And I think Deshaun Watson got to his head that no one will ever again it's all alleged like innocent to proven guilty but my thing is that if 22 different women are putting their name on a lawsuit against you bro that ain't looking good it's not okay i agree i just want to throw this out there so deshaun watson so when we think of football and we think of player movement i probably say over the last two or three years i've seen unprecedented player movement like, in, and I'm talking during, during, the, uh, during the season. You're hearing guys trade. Using football, you're not seeing those kind of trades. A lot of movement. Deshaun Watson, he's at the forefront of, mo of an NFL player moving like an NBA player. The fact that he wanted to force his way out and how he's forced his way out is unprecedented. Okay, like, no one does this. I'm just throwing this out there. It's kind of coincidental that someone who's looking to break the mold and then weeks later, these come out. So here's my question. You, mm. Do you guys think that the fact that he was pretty much a trailblazer in regards to what's happening with the NFL right now and could have pretty much changed the game? Because, you know, if Deshaun Watson gets out of uh, Houston like he wants to, then other players, it's, it's a free-for-all, just like the NBA. Do you think it's a possibility they want to shut this down and uh, – or actually, let, let me rephrase my question. Do you think it's a coincidence? Um, that I think this happened a so, week, two weeks after. But but but, but not two weeks after though, because he he wanted to move he since wants, December. I get, it. I get you know it. what I mean. I get it. So so like he but wanted he, to move since like last season. Even even right. JJ Watt was like, bro, I'm sorry, you, you should go. So him moving isn't a, a recent thing. It's, it's been going on for the last year. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the timing is off, but I also think that you know, unfortunately, I think the biggest timing issue that i see where you're coming from is that it is a it is kind of kind of is it a conspiracy i mean like well, you know like, like bill cosby when he <laughs> wanted to buy the channel or buy right. and all of a sudden women come say that they, he drugged them all of a sudden when he wanted to buy like we've seen whatever black people that are trying to make change in america if you right. got dirt on you the dirt right. will come out so it again my thing is this like back to my original comment like don't be stupid like you can't be making these these big changes that have if you have dirt you got to clean up that dirt before you make those big steps because in especially when it comes to the corporate and and these types of private type relationships if you are a target for someone they will find dirt on you you know what That's i mean right. so ho i holla mean back with holla back with a yes or no on this ready yeah if you believe in conspiracies, sure. If you believe in conspiracies, then then I'll say, yeah, you know, they're, they're trying to sort of, they're trying to make sure that there's no power shift in the NFL like there's in the NBA. In the NBA, uh, you know, the players kind of run. They have a lot of power. They can decide their future. I mean, you just saw James Harden decide his future and get himself out of Houston. So, you know, yeah, the timing is... I mean, I think it's personally just coincidence, but if you want to believe in yeah. conspiracy theories, okay, sure. Uh, I get it. The NFL is saying, no, we don't, we don't want these individuals to have the power to, to transfer from team to team or say, you know what, right. I'm done here. Let right. me move. We got to make sure that the owners still hold the power because yeah. uh, the majority of the owners are white. 
and, and, and they don't want any of the, of the players having power. But yeah. truthfully, I, I can't wrap my head around 22. Like that's, just, right. that's just insane. And I know, I know right. the lawyer for Deshaun Watson said, well, you know, he reached out to them, DM'd them on, on Instagram. And so it was <laughs> consensual. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, you know. Like, it's a DMing yeah. so, for me. Do, do you think that, uh, so we're giving the NFL owners, you know, the benefit of the doubt, the same owners that told Kaepernick, we don't want you in the league. I'm just saying. Um, no, well, we're not, right? We're not. Like, I, I think, just, I, no, I'm, but it's the thing, right? It's the thing, uh, Fahim, is that I get where you're coming from, but uh, like legit, like if you look at what has been fouled and what has happened, it's a repeat behavior. It wasn't like, you know, like, especially like, have you read what he did to these, all these women, the same thing? Legit, the same thing, right? Allegedly, they said he asked for a massage. He would turn around with his dick in his hand and showing them, like, hey, my goodies, right? Like, so, and he was doing it with everyone. It wasn't, like, just one, like, yeah. like every case. So, like, every every alleged assault was very similar patterns of what he was doing. And my thing is that I think he did it for so long that no one ever stopped him. So, he kept doing it. Because, remember, he's an NFL player. And there are some women who wouldn't mind that, but the women that di did mind it are now in that lawsuit. So okay. my thing is that I don't think, I don't think these owners, to me, yes, you know, the owners were, remember, and even the owner that gets Kaepernick, their issue with Kaepernick was just the, again, like what Chris said, it was image. It was just, you know, the military pays us $5 million every year to show the anthem and, you know, the flying like jets. And this guy's distracting our endorsements from that. So it's all monetary. Deshaun Watson, what he was doing, I don't think it would have been a huge impact because, again, these contracts for NFL are very tight. They're very strict. And I don't think, even if Deshaun was to leave, I don't think it would have changed the dynamic because the NFL contracts are trash. They're not even that good, to be honest. NBA contracts are very good. They're like okay, very on, good. On the way out of that's absurd. Yeah. I want to ask this. If he was, if say he didn't want to leave Houston, okay, and he's fine with who he is, and he's doing what he's what he want, they want to do in Houston. My question is this: Do you think this is still coming out if he just went along with the, with the program? He's happy there. Just a yes or no. Like yes, yes. I think it's still come out, yes. or no, I don't. You think yes. it is? No, J. Yes. How about you, Chris? Do you think this is still coming uh, out if he goes along with the program? I, I, I think yes, it's coming out. Okay, definitely. Definitely. All right. so, yes, and also keep in mind, Fahim, that that the lawyers for the ladies, for the women that are suing him, he actually approached Deshaun and his and his agent one on one prior to, and and advised them to kind of deal with this off the books. And Deshaun and the lawyer said we're not doing anything. So that's when they went public. So he had a chance to deal with this lawsuit or deal with this um, assault charges, whatever, on a, a more of a private, you know, one-on-one -on -one type thing. But he, d he didn't want to do it because he didn't think that they would actually be this big. So All right. So we're going to wrap this That's Absurd topic <laughs> with allegedly, 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 allegedly. As per ESPN. If, if, it, if it is allegedly, though, then those are some of the 22 best actresses in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and the make makeup artist that said that, um, he DM'd him, he, like that he DM'd them asking mm -hmm. for massages. Makeup artist, you're the how's a makeup artist supposed to give you a massage, Deshaun? Like, come on. Anyways, allegedly, that's what she said. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's episode 35. Chris, thanks for coming 35. out. Episode 35. 35, Chris. So, Chris, um, we'd love to give our guests a chance to do a shout out. 
So the floor is yours. Well, I, I think my family's been kind of quiet in the background. So I, I definitely want to give a shout out to my, to my wife and my three kids for, for holding it down for me and allowing me to, to communicate to you guys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and, and, and the, other, the other thing I want to shout out, I want to shout out all the moms and fathers that take their kids to organize sports, um, helping them, helping them uh, get better at their sport and their love. And sort of even in this COVID time, figuring out ways uh, to get their kids out of the house and, and, and working out, maybe running some hills or running on the block. Um, you know, keep, keep striving, keep struggling. It'll, we'll get out of this. Stay healthy. Nice. Awesome. Um, yeah, so my shout out this week is actually towards uh, Dante Wright, um, him and his family. For those who don't know, Dante Wright was, I think, 18 years old. Um, um, and he was shot by a, 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 a U.S. ex-officer now because she, was, uh, she resigned. Um, and she was trying to reach for her taser, but instead reached for her gun. And we lost a young soul. Uh, I think he was stopped because he had a warrant or some type of like a, a parking ticket and, and it was, was sent to the wrong address. So she was stopping him to ask questions about that. So I don't know how stopping someone for a parking or a past parking ticket turns into an assault or someone getting killed. But this happened to this young king. So I just want to shout out Dante Wright, his family um, and his friends. It's a, it, it's a rough week in Minnesota right now. I know the twins and other sports uh, cancel games in, 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 um, you know, respects to Dante Wright and his family. So just keep them in your thoughts, guys. That's all. And my also shout out is to Chris. Thank you for joining us, Chris. Appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, Chris. And, uh, like I said, known him well over 20 years, never told him this before, but I'm, uh, pretty new to marriage and pretty new to fatherhood. Uh, so I must say being around him, and his lovely wife, Rochelle, and his three lovely children. Um, oh, you're going to make oh, me cry for you. No, I'm, say, I'm saying honestly, this, this dude, not only is he a sports guy and just a good guy, but he's like um, a model. I see him as a model um, in regards to like a role model, as like parent, just family. He's a, he's a model family man also, and I, I mean that. So, And that's very admirable. So I just want to salute you with that, okay? Far too kind, sir. <laughs> that's real all right so awesome, that's episode 35 35 guys comment Yay! share subscribe share with a friend y'all you know where we at we're in all podcast platforms <laughs> that's right check us out wherever you need to see us you know where to find us that's good rookies podcast episode 35 and we out peace, peace. Bye.